0: Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account,
1: drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, drunk accountant, drunk drunk, to drunk account drunk accountant. Hello. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. <laughs> Hello. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) Welcome to the very first episode of Two Drunk Accountants with uh, Dan. That's me. And I'm Tim. We're uh, two accountants, sometimes drunk, uh, (laughs) probably regularly on this podcast because it happens to be right after work. (laughs) It's getting late in the week, Dan. So so this is a podcast for small business people. Uh, We're going to tackle the mystery and all the myths of running a small business uh, and spread the knowledge um, that we've accumulated over the years and uh, through all of our experience and education and help others succeed in business, essentially.
0: Yeah. So um, we thought uh, this would be a good chance for us to basically uh, give some insights into what we see day to day. Mm. And uh have a bit of fun with it as well, uh hopefully help some people out there who are in business and um, looking to grow and
1: improve and and have a better life out of it because that's yeah. what it's all about, yeah, and as much fun as you can have in an accounting related podcast <laughs> we'll do our best uh we'll keep the
0: uh education segments to a short snippet and if you'd ever like more information, you can always just email us to two podcast at gmail dot com or uh tweet us at Two Drunk Podcast, that's T-W-O,
1: Drunk Podcast. Yeah. So essentially each week we're just going to pick an issue or have a series of issues that will run over a couple of weeks like what we're doing today. Uh, and they're usually questions that we get asked most commonly from our clients and uh, things that we feel are essential to new businesses, or things that people need to know.
0: Yeah. So uh, today we thought um, why not start off with the basics um, entities. Um, specifically today, we're going to be looking at sole traders and partnerships, um, telling you some of the pros and cons, what are the tax consequences, legal consequences, what risks do I take by um, remaining in an unlimited entity. So, uh, But alongside that, we're also going to uh, have
1: a couple of other segments, aren't we, Dan? We sure are. One in particular, which I think we should start off with is What's the Tim and Downlow? low Damn it, I stuffed that up. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> a bit of a Tim and Downlow. Uh... Tim and Dan-low is where we'll start that. <laughs>
0: See, that is a play on words, so...
1: Uh... Yeah, I read the real thing. Yeah. That's a bugger. All but,
0: right. yeah, the down-low. What's been happening with you, Tim? Um, Well, I had a good day yesterday, Anzac Day. Um... I guess, yeah, showing your respects. Uh, it's always an, a good day, uh, but it's a bit interesting. You, you sort of think back to um, wars that we've been in and soldiers who fought. Um, so, yeah, it was a nice day. Um, but a, a big part of Anzac Day for me is the, uh, the AFL footy. How'd you go? Yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. <laughs> it was uh, a bit stressful to watch as my beloved Bombers, Essendon Bombers, went down by about 50 points.
1: You're not a Collingwood supporter?
0: No, oh. no. I mean, who is Dan? A lot of
1: people. They say they, they
0: say they have the biggest membership group in the country, but uh, I don't know who is a Magpies supporter, <laughs> to be honest.
1: <laughs> No, uh, one, no one wears it proudly unless they, they, beat, they beat you, Dan. <laughs> well, Tim knows well of my love of sport, uh, so just out of <laughs> argument's sake, maybe I'll say I'm a Collingwood supporter. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you jumped on that bandwagon, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a bandwagon, so there's a lot of them. <laughs> People jumping on their front right and centre, apparently. They're winning, why not? Yeah. So what, was that the, was, what was the score?
0: Ah. Uh, 102 to 53 or something. For those of you who can't
1: see Tim, his face just (laughs) dropped in agony when he (laughs) said that.
0: Yeah, I had to watch it right through to the end as well. But uh, in more positive news, my dream team won by one point, which is half a handball. That's all that's worth. One point, Dan. (laughs) Your dream team. Across 32 players, (laughs) half a handball got my team across the line. So, uh,
1: So what are you ranked in the fantasy leagues?
0: Uh, I'm still in the top 20,000 in the country out of 120,000. So, <laughs> <That's
1: good. laughs> not great, but. <laughs> top 20,000? I mean, do, do you mm. have a more specific figure than that?
0: Well, I think um, in New South Wales, it's top 1,500. So, if you want to narrow it down, oh, that's so, good. Uh, what about
1: Central Coast? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: going to be top 100. I'm just putting <laughs> that out there. I don't know. I don't know actual figures, but. Uh, what about you, Dan? Give us a down low.
1: Yeah, same thing. Anzac Day yesterday. Uh, I don't watch much sports, so oh, yeah. the nice. uh, the the woes of of many of my friends from the Essington loss and also the <laughs> Roosters loss was not something that I shared in. I
0: love how you say Essington. Not even <laughs> Essendon. Not even...
1: <laughs> Essendon. Uh, they really, you might say, they really bombed yesterday in the game, Tim. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I instead uh, enjoyed a bit of a relaxing day Played at a bit home. of Xbox, did you? Played a little bit of Xbox, sure. Uh, who didn't? <laughs> uh, watched a couple of movies, made some nice dinner, and yeah, that's about it. Good day. Well,
0: that sounds like a nice one.
1: Yeah, I didn't make the dawn service this year, which was something I was a little bit disappointed. I, I have gone previously, mm. um, but not this year. No, there is next always year. next year. That is true. That is true. All right. Okay,
0: so uh, next segment we're thinking uh, we've got a bit of a business update for the listeners. Mm-hmm. What's been happening this week in the ATO world or the
1: business world? Yeah, just updates about things that happen that might affect your business and, and this year we ha- uh, sorry this week we do have a couple of good ones.
0: Yeah. Um, an interesting release uh, over the last few days by the ATO is that they're going to be cross-data um, matching motor vehicle purchases and sales.
1: What does that mean, Tim?
0: Right. So, essentially, um, if you're a taxpayer and you purchase a motor vehicle, you're eligible to claim depreciation and GST credits on that. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same rate, when you sell that vehicle, you should, if you made a gain on the sale, um, declare that in your tax. Yeah. And also, uh, collect GST on the sale. So... uh, but it is common for when a when a vehicle is not worth a lot and you know, a business has been been holding it for 5 to 10 years it gets sold and the income doesn't run through the business. So uh, that is what the
1: ATO is looking out for on that one. Does this apply to individuals as well, not it, just business people, but say, you know, your average employee who uses their motor vehicle for work-related purposes?
0: Correct. It does. And that is that is an area where we, we rarely see people who are employees with motor vehicles they're claiming depreciation on um, actually declare a
1: gain. On the sale of that vehicle. Yeah, it is very common for people to say, yep, no, I definitely use my motor vehicle for work related purposes. Yeah. 90%. 90% <laughs> at least. I got a logbook, I'll show you. Yep. Uh, that's cool. But then, uh, you know, five years down the track, they've changed jobs or something, and you never hear about that car again.
0: That's right. So that's what the ATO is looking out for on that one. Because technically, if you are claiming a percentage of deductibility on your car, when you sell that car, uh, you need to calculate whether or not you made a gain or loss. And when I say gain or loss, that's the value that you sell the car for minus the written down value of the car in mm. terms of depreciation. So you bought the car in year one for $50,000. Over the next five years, you might claim about $30,000 of depreciation in your tax. It's worth $20,000 in the books. If you then sell
1: it for 30, Dan, you've made a gain of 10. If I have 90% business usage of my vehicle, does that mean my gain is now only 90,000? Sorry, uh, nine thousand?
0: Seven thousand. Seven thousand. Because if it was ninety percent, that's twenty seven thousand dollars you've sold it for.
1: There so we go, yeah. Jim.
0: gain of seven. I thought I'd get you with that one. <laughs> Think again, Dan. Keep trying. So any
1: other news this week? Um
0: I don't know. The other thing which we will keep, I guess, our eyes on is that Four Corners um uh, interesting episode on the ATO. Mm. Um, yeah, that was, I guess not much
1: of a surprise to us here in the office. No, it's not, it's not really a surprise. It's, it's a common kind of tale, unfortunately, lately, with the mm. ATO being, um, rather quite, quite bullies when it comes to debt yeah. collection and, and, and things like that.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, um, it frustrates us to no end when the ATO, um, Gives business people no options with their uh, payment plans, or aggressively chases that debt. It's fair enough. Like it's it's owed to the taxpayer.
1: Um, yeah, so, and don't get us wrong. We, we we completely think if if you're in debt, it means you haven't managed it properly. Yeah, or absolutely. Or you know, there are situations where someone might just be in a. A bad moment. They've had yeah. an unexpected financial obligation pop up. Someone's been sick, unable to work, something like that. Uh, Fair uh, enough. Payment key,
0: plans. A key customer defaulted on their mm. on their uh, amount owed to you. Good example. Yeah. yeah.
1: So there, there are those situations, but uh, eventually, you know, any good business person or any person with sufficient amount of help should be able to return to yeah. a point where they can pay that debt off.
0: And that is the key point, but, but the ATO has been... Um, been really making it harder and harder for small businesses to to have the time and space they need to pay those debts. So rather than give them uh, twelve to twenty four months to repay their debts and keep on top of their ongoing obligations, we've seen the ATO be more aggressive and um, and shutting people down. Uh, yeah, look, it doesn't happen overnight, um, but if if you've been issued issued a garnishee notice in the past, mm. you'll know the ATO has a fair bit of power. They can they can write to your bank. They can write to people who owe you money Mm -hmm. and actually request them to pay the money uh, directly to the ATO, which can be pretty embarrassing if you've got um, clients with debts owed to you. Yeah. Um, So
1: we've seen that happen. I, mm you know, there's been clients. Thankfully, not many, but there has been clients who have had garnishing notices issued to both their bank or, you know, uh, customers.
0: Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's never, never nice for the client who's trying their best to repay the debt. So, yeah, essentially, um, uh, I, I think that's what that Four Corners episode was getting at. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's nice to see a bit of, I guess, exposure and pressure put on the ATO so uh, they can regain a bit of balance. I do understand they have to collect the debt, but... Um, a bit of compassion sometimes yeah, goes a long way. That's right. I mean, um, in the big scheme of things, if you're talking a debt of $50,000... That's a lot of money, mm. um, but how about the, uh, the fraud that's occurred in the ATO ranks yeah. uh, with the deputy commissioner's son? Yeah. The amount that's been um, ripped off was in the millions, wasn't it? Hundreds of millions. I don't know. I don't something know Something ridiculous. But yeah, uh, yeah so I, I guess small businesses are the backbone of the economy. The ATO are willing to shut them down over tens of thousands when there's fraud, yeah. In, in, in the t- in the t-
1: like millions. Hmm. So, and, and not only that, but what about the, the future value of that business? You know, correct. assuming a majority of them do return to a point where they can pay their debts. Yeah. You know, they're going to be paying tax for years, potentially decades to come. Well, here's a question for you.
0: I mean, that business, if they do shut them down, what then happens to the people that they owe money to? Mm. They can't pay their ATO debt. Yeah. And then the ATO shuts them down. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there is a flow-on effect. There is. And the individuals that lose their jobs yeah. uh, and stop paying tax because they don't have an income. <laughs> yeah,
1: and th- there are definitely situations where uh, businesses become insolvent and they should be shut down and they should go bankrupt. Um, that's definitely, definitely a solution for some things.
0: Sometimes a positive for people with pressure with a struggling business and yeah. high debt. But, but majority yeah. of the time, that's not the case. So that's an interesting little update there. Uh, we'll watch that space as it unfolds. There could be some fallout within the ATO. I think both mm. sides of Parliament are actually looking at them. Mm. But let's not get started on politics, hey?
1: Mm, <laughs> no. So the other thing um, maybe worth mentioning next week uh, will be the whole financial sector mm. royal commission that's coming out at the moment. You know, it's not not really uh, something that we deal with. Mm. Um, but it's definitely something that we have a lot of clients that do deal with, yeah. you know, financial advice and and things like that. So mm. yeah, maybe we'll get into that next week.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's updating daily, exactly. so um, there'll yeah. be there'll be
1: more news between now and our next time, mm. next recording. A bit of fallout will occur there, so uh, watch that space. So I think now is probably a good opportunity mm. to bring in our first topic. Yeah. Uh, so we're thinking. Uh, like that we mentioned a bit earlier of, of running a series over the next couple of weeks, introducing and giving a, a, a brief uh, outline and guide to the different entity structures that you can have for your business.
0: Yeah, so um, we're going to start at the most simple end: sole traders and partnerships.
1: Yeah, we thought we'd tackle these two today. They're the most common ones for you know your your solo tradie who's just getting into business, uh, and it's often often the first port of call for many people uh, when, they're, when they're setting up their new business. So we thought we'd tackle the, the easiest first uh, and then next week we will talk about companies and what that means and the following week move on to trusts. Uh, they're kind of bigger topics so we, we figured a whole week for them would be, would be worth it. Hmm. So uh, a sole trader, Dan, what is that? A sole trader is an individual who owns and runs a business under their own name uh, using an ABN? Uh, they can have employees, that kind of thing, but uh, themselves, uh, they're actually the business. There is no separation, legal separation between themselves and the business.
0: That's right. So, um, does a sole trader earn a wage? Uh,
1: That's no. That's a common question
0: we get No, to see.
1: they do not. So, earnings or profit from the business is the sole trader's income for that financial year. However, cash can be drawn out as freely as they want, provided, you know, cash flow is good enough in the business to take some cash out. Uh, the amount of money that you actually take isn't uh, considered when considering your taxable income.
0: Yeah. So, so, in terms of tax, it's not based on cash that you take or put into the business. It's based on the profit.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Based on the profit and you pay your tax at your marginal rate. So effectively, you could earn up to roughly $20,000 without having to pay any tax you know, in profit for the business.
0: And there's a good question too. So uh, as a business owner, sole trader, do you pay tax differently to an employee who's earning a wage?
1: Ah, there is some concessions, uh, such as the small business tax offset, Uh, But in a general sense, no, it's essentially the same thing. You've got profit, which is an income, which if you're an employee would be your wage. And at each step along the way, you increase your marginal rate based on what that profit is. Uh, However, there is the small business uh, tax offset for uh, individual sole traders.
0: Yeah. So which is about at at its highest, you can save $1,000 of tax.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: so yeah, not a bad little um, bonus from the government there um, mm. And uh, yeah I guess uh, what about compliance in a sole
1: trader? Yeah so you, you lodge your your standard individual tax return like you normally would however you do have to add to it a uh, business schedule at the end which is often needs to be prepared by an accountant if you're you know more sophisticated than say, uh, you know, mowing lawns on the weekend or that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, you do need to prepare your depreciation, uh, and all that kind of thing that you normally would in most businesses. Um, but it is less of a compliance hassle than say a company or a trust because it is just in your individual tax return.
0: So yeah, because it all takes place in the one entity, it means it saves, um, I guess, uh, transferal of income and, um, yeah, just all takes place in the same The same individual. So, yeah, it's quite simple. Just uh, prepare it in a business schedule, income and expenses, as long as the records are kept well.
1: Hmm. So, question for you, Tim. Yes. If I'm preparing that in the individual tax return, do I need to have financial statements and that kind of thing?
0: No, you don't. Um, Look, it is advisable to have them because if you ever come around to um, looking for finance with a bank or wanting to sell your business... Then a financial report is is the first thing they're going to ask for, Um, one prepared by an accountant, especially, uh, because it's a justification of your income and expenditure. So they can really see what's going on in your business. Um, However, if you are just starting out you've got a small business and you want to save costs, then... Um, you could potentially not look at preparing those financial statements. Just just keep it in the business schedule and it's in the tax return, um, and save a bit of compliance there. So uh, overall, it is simpler.
1: Yeah, and I think you'll find if if you're keeping your records in an accounting software, um, then most of the time you can print off the financial right. information from there. And it does depend on your size as well. I think you know if, if you're a multi million dollar business trading as a sole trader, then you definitely need financial statements. Uh, if you're uh, just a n- small individual who has a you know a micro business essentially, uh, you don't need to, but it's still it's always advisable.
0: Um, so who would you say a sole trader is suited for? And maybe just rehash on some of those Dan, um, giving us pros and cons.
1: Mm, okay. Oh yeah. So. I would recommend a sole trader business be for someone who's literally that, a sole trader, an individual who has a small business, uh, who's not going to be earning an exorbitant amount of money, uh, who, you know, essentially a a tradie is a good option, is often a good example. They're somebody who, you know, they have a small plumbing business, Um, their revenue each year is only $100,000. Uh, Their expenses are, you know, $60,000 and they've got $40,000 left over at the end. You know, that's someone who they're not going to, you know, take too much advantage from any of the tax planning issues um, that can occur when you have a company or a trust. Uh, They're not really going to benefit from any of that. Uh, However, it's simple. It's easy to run. Uh, You can take the money as you need it from the business. You know, they don't need to worry about paying themselves wages. Uh it's just a much easier thing to run for somebody like that.
0: So for us, for a one man band, let's say a tradesperson, plumber, mm-hmm. um um, the beauty of it is it's simple, cheap mm-hmm. to set up. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of administration come end of year. Correct. Um it's very flexible with cash coming in and out. So yep. you can uh that doesn't affect the tax you pay. Um and yeah, in tax in tax terms, you don't get penalized. Yeah. In fact, compared to a wage earner, you get a thousand dollars.
1: So some of the cons end up being the pros of some of the larger entities. So so one in particular would be uh, legal separation from the business because you're a sole trader. You you are the business, meaning if somebody has you know takes issue with the business, or if or if the business goes bankrupt or something like that, uh you are legally responsible for it there's no separation between your assets and the business's assets
0: right so that plumber let's come back to that plumber again yep Um, he's got a good little business Um, the simplicity of the the sole trader is working for him Mm -hmm. Uh, however he runs into a bit of strife Mm -hmm. with the customer yes lawsuit arises yep Um, nobody's hurt yeah (laughs) (laughs) nobody's
1: hurt but substantial property damage (laughs) Yeah, let's say uh, a pipe burst. Pipe burst and broke lots and lots of expensive things. Our plumbing knowledge is excellent, Mm -hmm. I must add. He didn't use plumber's tape and it leaked and it created problems. (laughs) Oh, that duct tape. So um,
0: if that lawsuit is made against that plumber, if he owns a house or um, a beautiful boat or um collectible items like cars and artwork. Mm-hmm. Are they on the line, Dan?
1: Yeah, they are. They definitely are. You know, if, if, if this sole trader, if this plumber didn't have, you know, adequate insurance to cover anything like this, or you know, and the lawsuit was found to be, you know, in the favor of the of the other person, uh then definitely all, all of your personal assets are, are up. You could lose the family home.
0: Yeah. And I will add too, like it's a somber topic, but Bankruptcy, liquidation. Same thing. Same thing. So if your business were to stop being able to pay their debts as they became due, then um, uh, to to go into bankruptcy, you could be looking at liquidating your own assets, which is not a pleasant thing. And as a sole trader, at the moment, it's a three-year period of bankruptcy. So... It just uh precludes you from the main thing is leaving the country, <laughs> so yeah,
1: that's right, yeah, so
0: um, so those are those are cons, but I mean, we hope they don't happen to people anyway no, and um, th-
1: these are rare things that do happen uh, you mm. know we I haven't seen anyone go under because of a lawsuit, yeah, uh, you've seen the odd bankruptcy, but not many, yeah, uh, so most of the time, you know ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time th- these aren't an issue, yeah, so that's why it is a very common. Uh, structure, because of its simplicity. Uh, For you just, you one man bands.
0: And like, the, and that's what you have to do with your entities, stress test them with the worst case scenario. Yeah. So, partnerships.
1: Partnerships. So, Tim, what is a partnership and how is it different to a sole trader?
0: Hmm. So, a partnership uh, has some added complexity. Uh, legally, very similar. So, um, your personal assets are combined with the business. They are one and the same thing. Uh, However, you're adding an extra person into the mix or several extra people into Mm. the mix. Um, So partnerships are essentially a combination of um, two or more uh, organizations or people who are running uh, business in unison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's no legal separation between the
1: partners and the partner's assets. Mm. So what does that mean? In general terms, Tim, if if I'm if I'm running a business, let's say in the same situation, you've got me all worried that if I'm a sole trader, that if mm. I get sued and I lose, and suddenly my house is up for sale, what does that mean if my partnership gets sued and the same thing happens? Yeah,
0: yeah. So it can get a bit messier in a partnership. Um, partners in a partnership are joint and severally liable for the debts and the actions of the mm. partnership. What that means, well. Uh, Let's say you and I go into partnership, Dan. (laughs) Not likely. (laughs) What are you trying to say? No, you're definitely reliable. (laughs) Okay, so let's say you hold all the juicy assets. Let's make this a game of Monopoly. Okay. You hold Mayfair. Okay. And I have Kent Road, old Kent Road. Yeah. Right? Um, that's about right we've got exorbitant debts against us we thought we were going to um, go gangbusters in this business we put a lot of money into it yep. we now owe the bank yep. subsequently mm-hmm. um, if we went into bankruptcy the bank could come after all of my old Kent Road even mm-hmm. if it was my decision and, and my business mistakes that mm-hmm. led to that which I don't think would be the case but uh, mm-hmm. but let's just say they were yep. um, but they can also come after your Mayfair regardless of um, the debt. So even if they run out of old Kent to pay the debt, um, they're gonna use the rest of your Mayfair uh, value.
1: So so it won't be split 50-50, it'll be as much, you know, unlimited.
0: Yeah, that's right, unlimited, uh, and spread amongst the partners, however they can get it. It's basically just, um, if one partner has all of the assets, Hmm. they're gonna be going after that partner, regardless of if, if it was their input, that led to the business.
1: So I'm going to throw a spanner in the works here. What happens if I've got hotels on Mayfair? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course you can sell the hotels and get some money back. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can sell them mortgage, the property. Yeah. Uh, maybe I can swing a deal by giving you bond street.
0: Well, I mean, all you've got to rely on is some good rolls at the dice, stand. I mean, yeah. you've just got to get past go.
1: I'm right on go. I'm on Mayfair. I mean, I'm, I'm close. I'm close to $200.
0: I always do kind of aim for that free parking, though. I'm a big free parking man myself. Yeah,
1: you're a bit of a cheapskate. <laughs> I mean, you do own Old Kent Road. What are you trying to say? Well, I think the facts speak for themselves. <laughs> I like the colour. Pebble. Yeah. My favourite colour. Old Kent Road, isn't that like a dodgy brown? <laughs> Maybe, (laughs) maybe in my version of Monopoly. (laughs) What do you play, Monopoly Junior? Did it cost you two (laughs) dollars? All right, so Uh,
0: moving along, but yeah, the partnership does have does have a lot of the same, um, I guess, pros as a sole trader. Um, Simple. uh, You can you can uh, take money as you like. It's not based on the cash that you're taking from the business. It's all about the profit that the business is making. Um, It's an excellent way to split income. So, if you're you're in business as a husband and wife and you're both having equal input and Mm. putting equal resources into that business, then you can split tax 50-50, which can save you a lot of tax.
1: Yeah. So, the key words that you just spoke then were equal input. So, we won't get into this so much uh, on the podcast today, but it is important to note that if you do have a partner that isn't actually contributing Mm. in any way, it's just purely a tax-saving you know, you yeah. set up a partnership with, uh, you know, yourself and a and a brother or something who doesn't work, just so you can spread a bit of income around. Yeah. Uh, then
0: that's not going to work. it's not going to if work it if, yeah,
1: if it ever gets reviewed. So and uh, there, is, there
0: are entities that can work.
1: Yes. Uh, which
0: we will get to in future podcasts. Yeah,
1: that's right. We'll we'll get onto that
0: legally under as, under a partnership. That's that's a questionable um way to save tax
1: however however it is very common you know you'll see you'll see see lots of mum and pop partnerships where the you know one of them actually doesn't do anything um more often than not one of them does the books and the other one does the you know the the actual work of the business but it's important to note that if that isn't the case then yeah there could potentially be issues there with spreading the income however keeping Mm -hmm. it simple yeah it's essentially the same as a sole trader except there's more than one of you
0: yeah, it's like um, basically adding an extra person creates the extra complexity. Uh, it's like a marriage. You've got to trust your partner. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'd never go into a partnership with Dan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so you also need to lodge a separate tax return?
0: Yeah, so that is, that is yeah, good point, Dan. Um, so a partnership has uh, a tax return lodged in its own right. Uh, it actually distributes income to the partners. Right. It doesn't have to be 50-50. Generally, it should be based on the input of the partners. Mm. Um, so, But yeah, essentially the partnership ta- partnerships don't pay tax. They right. still lodge a tax return though because the ATO needs to know how you're distributing that income between the partners. And then it flows through into the individual mm. partner's tax returns.
1: Right, so you lodge that tax return. It says, I've earned... 50% of, you know, the profit this year and you've earned the other 50%. So in my tax return at the partnerships and trusts label in the tax return, I put in that figure yep. and you do the same in yours and That's then we right. pay tax at our normal marginal rates for that.
0: Correct. Yeah. So again, same tax rates as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, you do still have that small business tax offset available to you. Oh, good. So um, still quite simple. Still quite simple because yeah. the partnership is, is like that business schedule for the sole mm. trader.
1: Yeah. So who would you recommend a partnership for? And let's, let's, let's think more about your everyday kind of people, not let's say some giant business that's combining for a small project with someone else. Let's think of just purely hmm. if your average Joe came in, who, who would be a good scenario for that? I think the best
0: scenario would be someone, um, say like a husband and wife, um, just starting out a business, perhaps even on the side, they might both still be employed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a way for them to not contain all of the income under one of their names, as long as they're yeah. both having equal input into the business. Um, I think once you get down the path of of actually being separate uh, people, not tied together by marriage, mm. it's almost a better bet to look at something a bit more complex like a company or a trust. Yeah. Just, just because of the saving in terms of um, issues that can, you can have when the partnership um, essentially like falls down. If one partner leaves or you have a dispute, the partnership dies. So that's something I'm very wary of. Um, so, yeah, I, I think really all I, I think it's, it's worth uh, looking into for is husband and wife or I guess family members looking at starting a small business without too much complexity.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, anything more than just, say, a small business that's not going to be creating too much of a hassle, uh, I would start leaning towards a more complex structure just because the risks of being associated and your liabilities being associated with someone else's. Mm. Uh, it's a lot of stress in my mind. It's scary.
0: There is more riding on a business partnership between two individuals than a marriage, sometimes. Like mm. it, it sounds silly, but it really is. Um, each partner is acting in the interests of the other partner. And, and so mm. I could be signing off on something completely mm. not in our nature, uh, yeah. not in our best interest yeah. that you have to live with, Dan. Yeah, you, you could have
1: spent all of our money on Old Kent Road, yeah. earning us nothing. <laughs> I mean, whereas I'm, I've got hotels in Mayfair and suddenly I'm bankrupt.
0: But I was the partner that came up with the monopoly analogy in the first place. So yeah, well, yeah. you're leeching my, 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 my business brilliance Let's say we
1: contributed here. then, all right? <laughs> Many small cuts when you land on old Kent. It's going to bring you down, Dan. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's, as a bit of a recap then, uh, let's just say complexity of both, very simple. Uh, sole trade is more so than a partnership, but both. Very easy to run, very easy to manage your income coming in and out of it. Basically, no cost to set up. No cost to set up. You just need to apply for the ABN uh, and your tax file number in the case of a partnership. Uh, and and that's, that's essentially it. Uh, after that, uh, running your business, also very simple. Uh, some things to take into consideration. You might come into issue with uh, workers' comp or that kind of thing when it comes to being a sole trader. Some businesses might not let you be a contractor to them yeah, if you're yeah. such a simple entity structure. Depending
0: on the industry you're in and the people yeah. you're working with. Yeah, they do prefer like sometimes companies. Yeah,
1: very common in the building industry. Yeah. Um and um, Yeah, so, but yeah, very simple to run, very easy to do. Um Your compliance costs are going to be cheap. Your accounting fees are going to be cheap. You
0: don't get penalized in tax. In, in fact, in the partnership for some people, that's enough um, tax planning for them to yeah. save them a lot of tax. Exactly. At exactly. no cost to set
1: up. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, a bit there of a are, recap. There Very are simple. drawbacks as well. Some drawbacks. Um
0: legally and uh I guess in terms of uh partnership being tied to one another. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I've slightly touched on it before, but I uh, will just bring it up again. If if you or a partnership end and when I say end I mean die. <laughs> <laughs> when <you> die. Um, <laughs> then the business uh I guess ceases with it. So yeah, you don't you won't have a an everlasting business.
1: Yeah, it's it's not uh it's not perpetual into the future. You're not mm. going to be your business won't outlive you unless you sell it.
0: That's right, and it's not your business anymore Then
1: Exactly. Yeah. So uh yes, yeah, so that was our summary of Soul Traders. Yeah. The first in our entity series. Mm. Uh Next week, as we said, we will discuss companies. If you do have any more questions about this, uh, how hey. do they get in contact with us, Tim? Uh,
0: you can email us at twodrunkpodcast at gmail.com. That's two drunk podcast. Uh, you can tweet us at TWO, Drunk Podcast, um, Yeah, so send through your questions. Um, if we didn't explain something properly or... <laughs> if, Which is if, more if, than likely. Yeah, <laughs> if something applies to you um, and you wanted uh, a bit more detail, um, send us an email. We'd uh, love to hear from you.
1: Yeah, definitely. We'd love to hear from you. I feel that we've had a few negative moments here, Tim, in the podcast in this, this one series talking about these two entities. So I think we should combat this with our final segment uh-huh. and that is what's your other thing? What's your other thing? What's your other thing? So this is the segment I think we're going to discuss because we think it's important to have a life outside of work yeah. and outside of your business. You need to have hobbies and things that you're into. So Tim, what's your other thing this week?
0: Hmm. Actually, uh, I'm going to say it's, it's, It's ping pong, Dan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm annoyed that you brought this up.
0: (laughs) We do have a uh, ping pong table in our office. Some some great battles being had at the moment. Uh, Being accountants, we've set up some pretty stringent rules around the uh, the 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 office competition. And we've got a killer spreadsheet. (laughs) We've got a killer spreadsheet keeping scores and differentials. Uh, Yeah, I had an excellent victory today against Dan. We uh, we've got a version of our competition called Street Rules. Or The Purge. The Purge. The Purge is the nickname we've given it. And uh, yeah, some of the rules are uh, just active rebounds. You know, just bumps off something and comes back on the table. Let's play on. No manners. There's absolutely no manners either. So you don't have to apologize for anything. You can serve at any point in any direction. Yeah. Usually we do the diagonal serve. Uh, And normally we wait for the other side to be ready. Now, if you can do something tricky, like uh, hitting the ball between your legs... In a street rules game, then you can win two points. If you point, win that point. Instead of one. So a yeah. bit of risk reward there.
1: Yeah, if you ever want a good set of ping pong rules, uh, <laughs> feel free to email us and we'll email you our rules. Yeah. So the next thing we're starting up is a ping pong podcast.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that's my other thing, Dan. What about you? What's what's your other thing?
1: Well, I've been rather busy lately, oh. uh, as you'd know, uh, just with various things and That's all kind of come to a little bit of an end, one of the reasons we've finally been able to record our podcast. Uh, But one of the other things in my life lately has been the Xbox game Fortnite. Uh, um, (laughs) I haven't played it, but I've heard a lot about it from you. Yeah. No, it's a good game. Lots of fun. Uh, Essentially, it's like a Hunger Games situation where you dropped onto an island and uh, the island pushes everyone closer and closer together until there's only one of you left, but... It's a good social game, you're playing teams and good way to, uh, if you're not actually in person seeing your friends, yeah. a good way to, to catch up with a few people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of friends that I, that I don't actually want to see, but I'd like to speak to them every
1: now and then. It's perfect for that. For instance, yeah. I would love it if you got Fortnite.
0: Uh, <laughs> it means we can hang out without actually having to look at each other. Yeah. Um, but also, like, it's free, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's the Amazing. thing.
1: Yeah. It's free. It's free. Everyone download it. It's awesome.
0: Or, or like they do sort of, haven't you, you've been paying $15 a month or something
1: for the Battle Royale No, it's, it's, it's a one-off $15. Obviously, you get you get sucked in with these in-app purchases <laughs> eventually. That's how they get you. Uh, but yeah, you pay it once and you get some extra challenges. Just keeps it a bit, bit interesting. Um,
0: What's the challenge of this week, Dan?
1: There's 10 of them, uh, cool. just getting victories in certain areas of the map and... That kind of thing. Nothing that would make sense Sounds to lame. anyone that's kind of listening. <laughs> listening.
0: Uh, I do want to play, but I, uh, I just know that like as soon as I get on there, I'm gonna get killed about ten times yeah. in thirty seconds. Spend more time on a loading screen than
1: <laughs> <laughs> that does happen. If yeah, that does happen.
0: It's gonna suck up about ten ten gigs of my internet downloads every every week. Yeah, updating right. it.
1: You've still got a, a gig limit <laughs> limit on your internet. You <laughs> gotta go unlimited. but. I've got that dial-up. Uh, you, you still you can't. You haven't got the no NBN in your street yet. Uh, the NBN's not much faster anyway. Nah. So uh, I think everyone's probably got a good idea of who we are <laughs> from today's <laughs> podcast. Tim obviously very much, very much into Collingwood, uh, and and I'm your typical uh, accountant who occasionally plays some video games. That's the Collingwood. <laughs> anyway, what's your gamer tag, Dan? No, I'm not gonna this. <laughs> tell us your, your gamer tag. It's uh Dan Solo 1990. <laughs> if you if, if you say it correctly, it's Dan Solo, like Han Solo.
0: Oh, oh, that's rubbish. Although mm. I'm just still using the Xbox generated one, so
1: I mean, I can't. I can't talk. Clyde G. Jupiter over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. So if, as, as we said, if you've got any questions or corrections, we love corrections, uh, or any, you know, even reviews, if you like us, give us a nah. review. Uh, if you just want to say anything to us, if you hate us even, just yeah. send us a tweet, send us an email, get in touch. Any news is good news for any us. News is good news. Uh, maybe even if we get a few nice comments, we might read them out in a future week.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, even bad comments—they can be kind of kind of funny sometimes.
1: Yeah, and so. uh,
0: it does show that people are listening, even if
1: there's bad comments. Even if there's bad comments, That's a especially listener especially have. about Tim. I promise, I vow, even that any bad comment about Tim, I will read on this podcast. <laughs>
0: That's a bit harsh. That's dangerous. That's all right. No, so, read them out. Send them out.
1: Yeah. Especially after a couple of uh, ciders or a mm. lovely glass of wine. Mm. I'm definitely inclined to read them out.
0: <laughs> Notice Dan didn't, didn't say beer there. There's not a big beer drinker. Anyway, well, look, thanks for listening, guys. We're signing off, um, and I guess uh, we'll speak to you next time. Yeah, indeed. As always, Calculator. <laughs>